Good morning, friends. It is lovely to be here uh, live on Sunday morning, and a huge thanks to our tech team for making this possible, for Nathan for leading our service. And this morning, that is all of us that are in this building. And we trust as we as we meet in this way, as we are present live here, as we partake of the elements of communion, we recognise that, of course, as we enter 2021, we would love to be here this morning. We would love for all of God's people to be gathered for us to sing his praises together. But again, for hopefully not too much longer, this is the way that we will meet. As Nathan said and Stephen so wonderfully explained to us, we're going to open the verse of the year for the church this morning. And, and I really, as I have meditated and spent time in this verse in the last few weeks, I, I am awestruck by it. And my prayer is this morning that so will you. So I'd like to, if we could, open in Isaiah chapter 40 and just to read from verse 28 to the end at 31. And it reads this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. Shall we just bow our heads before the Lord? Lord, would you use this morning as an opportunity for us to refocus our hearts? Would we use this opportunity this morning, Lord, to wait for you, to trust in you, to hope in you? Lord, we thank you that although we are scattered, your presence is with us. And Lord, we ask through the work of your spirit, would you be at work in each of our hearts this morning? In your name we pray. Amen. Did you know that the average person spends six months of their life waiting in queues? And if 2020 is anything to go by, it's probably significantly more than that now. That means like three days of a year spent queuing up. Did you know that the average person spends 43 days of their life on hold to customer service? I don't know about you, but this year I have spent many a day waiting for parcels, normally from Amazon. And even still, I'm still waiting on a parcel that I ordered at the end of November, coming for Victoria's Christmas. Although I can't find the confirmation email, so maybe I just never ordered that, but I think I did. We've spent large parts of 2020 waiting for a vaccine. And we're delighted that that is now here. And for Victoria and I, we have spent much of 2020 waiting and in anticipation for the arrival of our first child that is now less than a month away. We wait all the time. And I wonder what kind of waiter you are. I'm normally a pretty patient waiter. And actually, Victoria gets annoyed at me sometimes because I'm a bit too soft if I've been waiting for too long. I'm not, this might surprise you, but I'm not one of those people that really sends food back. And I'm not one of these people to make that call and say, where are you? Hurry up. I'm just a bit too soft for all that. 
We were actually waiting for some carpets to be fitted in our house and some of them took about four months after we'd bought them for us to get them fitted. And even still, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. And maybe that's nothing to do with my patience. Maybe that's just me being a bit soft. But I don't know about you, but in the main, I don't particularly mind waiting. As long as it's not traffic. I hate waiting in traffic. I'm terrible at waiting in traffic. But I wonder, how are you at waiting and most importantly, how, how patient are you when it comes to waiting on God? This morning, as we enter 2021, we'll open up the church verse of the year. A verse that we as a leadership team believe will bring encouragement and hope to us as we enter this new year. What is the purpose of a verse of the year? It is something for us to focus on as we come into the new year. And hopefully it is something that will reappear and resurface for you. Maybe you've put the verse that you got in the Christmas card up on your wall somewhere. You walk past it every day. Maybe you see that and, and it is a great reminder for you. And this year that verse is Isaiah 40 verse 31. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So simply with that, I would like to try and answer two questions this morning. What does it mean to wait on God? And what happens when we wait on God? We know that during Isaiah's lifetime, there was great persecution. Their lands were conquered and invaded by the Assyrians. And what we find here in Isaiah 40 to 48 in these chapters are the promises of redemption and deliverance from suffering for God's people. And here we are at the beginning of those promises. So what does it mean to wait on the Lord? Verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint. His understanding is unsearchable. It's also helpful just to say that as we come to verse 31, you will have noticed in other translations, instead of the word wait, you may have the word hope or trust, and they're all applicable as we come to this. But before we come to this question of what does it mean to wait or to hope or to trust in the Lord, I think verse 28 is very helpful for us to gain context of what we're looking at here. Verse 28 sets us up, it teases up beautifully for what is to come. Because it issues us with a reminder. It issues us with a great reminder of who God is. How good would it be if this was the reminder that we set to ourselves daily? God is omniscient. God is all-knowing. The Lord everlasting. He does not faint. He does not grow weary. His ways, his understandings are so beyond us. And as we consider waiting, hoping, and trusting in God, the first thing we must remember is as we wait upon God, we're not waiting upon an inconvenience. We aren't waiting upon a lost suitcase or a late parcel or carpets to be fitted or a pandemic to come to an end or for some traffic to move. But we are waiting on the Lord everlasting whose ways and timings and understandings are utterly flawless and utterly perfect. As we wait upon God, we're not waiting for him to hurry up, but we are waiting with patience. 
I tried to get through this without quoting Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, but I couldn't, so I will indulge me, please. Gandalf the Grey and J.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, the good wizard, the good guy that fights all the bad guys. He declares to Frodo the Hobbit, who is becoming increasingly frustrated. Frodo says, you're late. And Gandalf replies, a wizard is never late, Frodo Baggins. Nor is he early, but he arrives precisely when he means to. I can be a bit like Frodo Baggins, not three foot tall in a hobbit, but I can become utterly impatient with God. I can become utterly impatient with God when he doesn't do what I want, when I want. How often do we ask questions like, God, where are you? God, why aren't you answering my prayers? Why aren't you responding to the situation in the way that I would like you to? Why can't I see your provision here? Or God, I see this person, this friend of mine, this family member of mine, suffering. It isn't fair. Where are you? And in the context of that, the God that is never late, the God that is never early, but the God that does precisely what he means to, when he means to. So let's answer this question. What does it mean? To wait upon God. Those four things I've put down, I could have put down so much more. The first thing we wait on, or we trust on, or we hope in, is we are waiting on God to act. Throughout the Old Testament, we frequently read of God's people waiting for God's divine help and His care. And that's what we see here in Isaiah 40. We see the judgment and the warnings in the chapter before, and this now is set up to bring comfort to God's people. They waited for God to act. A simple example would be that of Moses and the Israelites. Once freed from Egypt, in the desert they became so impatient with God. They wanted their promised land now. And so they turned to the idols to make that happen. They didn't wait. And for the rebellion, 40 years they spent in the wilderness wandering around until God released his plan. God made them wait. 40 years of waiting. And Moses never got to see the destination, but God's timing was perfect. And he delivered on his plan to rescue his people. Sure, most of them, I'm sure all of them, would have liked God to have rescued and delivered them in their time and on their terms. But in those 40 years, God taught his people many, many things. It was years of rebuke, of learning, and I'm sure for many, refinement. We also wait, trust, hope that the Lord will answer our prayers. I'm sure that you can think of a time when you've prayed and God hasn't answered your prayers in the ways of the time that you would have liked. Often, especially when we pray for the salvation of loved ones or for the ill or the sick, we can become frustrated when God doesn't answer our prayers in the ways that he would like. Why doesn't he? Well, simply, if he did, we would be in control. We would view God as this genie in a bottle. It would put us in control and take away from the sovereignty of God, rendering him actually not even God, but just like us. Do you know, we can treat God as if he's only here to fulfill our desires. 
And if that were true, the, the words of verse 28 would not be true. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. His understanding, the way he does things, the things that he does, his plans and his purposes are unknowable to our finite human minds. And we wait on God to answer our prayers. We wait on God because his ways are unknowable and ultimately his ways are perfect. Thirdly, the Old Testament people, they waited on the Messiah. Do you know, as New Testament people, we have the wonderful advantage of hundreds of years of church history, thousands of years of redemptive history in the world. And we get to see God's plan and purposes worked out in this world. And we get to see the beauty of the fact that the entirety of the Old Testament is pointing towards the Messiah that will come. We get to see that from the beginning of time, God had a plan to rescue his people. And that plan was Jesus. The Old Testament people waited. Here in Isaiah they waited for God's providence and his care. But ultimately they waited for the one that would free them of their sin. We see a longing throughout the Old Testament of the Messiah. The one that would come. The chosen one. The son of God. And fourthly, we wait, we hope, we trust that the Lord will return. James 5, 7 and 8 says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. One day the Lord will return. Wait for him. You know, sometimes we associate waiting with laziness. Just kind of waiting around, waiting for something to happen. Scrolling through our phone because there's nothing else to do when we sit and wait. But that's not how the New Testament talks of a believer waiting for the Lord to return. It is a waiting that is prepared. And we have this great image here in James we have this farmer that waits for his harvest he's not lazy because he's already prepared his crops and he's ready for when the harvest is but he recognizes that nature must play its part he's not twiddling his thumbs but rather ready and waiting as god continues to work out his plans and his purposes are we ready are we ready in our waiting for the lord If the Lord descended in all of his glory this afternoon, are you ready? Is your heart clean before the Lord? So pulling that together, what does it mean? What does it mean to wait on the Lord? To hope in the Lord, to trust in the Lord. And here it means acknowledging and knowing that God's ways are his ways. They are mysterious and they are unknown to us. On this side of eternity and possibly even the next side as well, we will not understand all of the plans and the purposes of God in everything. And we need to be okay with that. And we need to trust that he is working all things for the good of those who believe in his glory.
So our second question. What happens when we wait on the Lord? The first thing we see in verse 31 is our strength is renewed. This is the underpinning of these verses. They imply that our human condition is one of weakness or something that lacks, a lacking of strength. And it implies that the strength of God's people given to them by God is real strength. That is the strength that has stood centuries of persecution, of martyrdom, of pandemics and famine and loss and all manners of suffering. And when we look at the church over the last 2,000 years, what has happened? When trials hit, have people walked away and said, God doesn't care. God's not here. We can't see him. God is not near. Yes, I'm sure some have. But true Christians, true followers of the Lord Jesus, find their strength in him. We see our trials as the refining fire and the church of Christ Jesus has grown. And I love the comparison we find in verse 28 here. Very simply, he, God, does not faint and grow weary. You do. Even the fittest, even the youngest, even the best of men will faint and be weary and become exhausted. You and I, we become faint. We grow weary, we become exhausted. But God doesn't. I don't know about you, but I have known weariness in 2020. There have been days when it has been hard to see a point of just days merging into one. Another day stuck in the house with such limited options of what to do. Day after day, the same old, the same old. I've known the exhaustion that has come with this year. I've stared at more screens this year than I probably have done in my 25 years before that. I've known distractions like never before and I found this year utterly draining and exhausting. And some of you will laugh because in a month I'm going to be a dad and I'll probably know what true exhaustion is. But as I reflect on the rough periods of this last year, for me there is something they all have in common. And I ask myself the question, when have I been relying on God for strength? When have I woken up and said to God, God, today I am relying on you for everything that I need. Today I need your help. Today I need your strength. When have I declared the words of John 10.10? He must become greater and I must become less. That is what I want for today. For me in this past year there has been a direct correlation between my reliance on God and my weariness, my exhaustion, my boldness for all things that is good and gospel-centered, and my desire to do his will. And I want to read you three paragraphs from the most moving book that I read in 2020. It's called Joy in the Sorrow by Pastor Matt Chandler. And it documents the journey of 12 people, 12 families in his church that have suffered from losing a child to addiction, suicide, divorce, and, and so on. And these paragraphs shook me to the very core as I thought of strength earlier in this year. And this chapter is written by a couple called Tedeschi and Daniel Anderson, Ed Daniel Anderson, who tragically lost their one-year-old son 
And this quote is longer than I would normally read in a sermon, but I, I want to read it all because I think, it's, I think it's brilliant. And the subheading of this book is how a thriving church learned to suffer well. And it reads this. We used to pride ourselves on being strong. We weren't easily bothered by things. We thought we were strong because we easily handled the various circumstances that were sent our way. Loved ones divorcing, job loss, conflict in relationships. But then one day the Lord shattered our facade of strength. He gave us a circumstance that we could not handle. A situation which, if we were left on our own in it, we could not make it through. We were face to face with the end of our strength. We needed strength outside ourselves. And praise the Lord that the end of our strength was his. God reminds us that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And therefore say, when I am weak, then I am strong. There is no end to his strength. It is a constant that we have access to because his spirit lives within. And this is what utterly captures me. Within a short period of time of them losing their children, they say this, their child, they say that. So with confidence, we can now boldly proclaim that there is nothing we cannot face. Nothing we can't do. He's got us. Spoken by a couple completely broken and shattered. So with confidence, we can boldly proclaim that there is nothing we cannot face, nothing we can't do. He's got us. Let's pull back this reminder from verse 38, from 28 again. He does not faint or grow weary. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall fall faint and weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Friends, wherever we find ourselves this morning, whatever 2020 held, whatever 2021 holds for us, know that God has got you, and that in him there is strength far beyond yourself. Know that beyond your levels of strength and exhaustion and struggle, there is a God who can renew your strength. I don't know about you, but I want to know that strength of the Lord this morning. I want 2021 to be a year where in my life it's less about Jonathan and more about Jesus. I want to be able to stand at the beginning of this year, in the middle of this year, in the end of this year, saying no matter what is thrown at me, my joy and my strength is found in my Saviour and my Saviour alone, and I will wait in Him. I will trust in Him. I will hope in Him. Do you know, we've all suffered this year to varying extents. We've not seen friends and family anywhere near as much as we would have liked to. We may have missed out on milestones and celebrations we were so looking forward to. Some have known loss. Some have lost jobs. Some have suffered from COVID. 
Some have struggled with the pressures of family life, the feeling of claustrophobia and isolation. And we have all suffered from a lack of communal worship and fellowship. That's pretty bleak. It's pretty bleak as we look out there and we look at the restrictions coming in more and more and more and the reality of what we faced in this last year. It is pretty grim. And you know what? It gets to a point of utter depression when you gaze upon that and you focus on that. But this is where it changes for those that know and love Jesus. Because we know that that is the reality that stands in front of us. But we know a greater reality. We know the reality of a God who has conquered death. We know the reality of a God that in the most incredible paradoxical moments, the God who at the weakest yet the strongest bore our burdens, so that we might fix our gaze upon him. Not, not focused on the circumstances around us. But focused on the one in whom we have and can know victory. Would we fix our eyes on our saviour and all his loveliness? Would we focus our eyes on the one, in the one where we can know strength? They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Eagles, seen as the mighty warriors that cared fiercely for their young. Eagles carry their chicks to safety, away from the threats of predators. Eagles are known for their strength, for their courage in dangerous weather, soaring above the storms. And the prophet Isaiah uses wings like eagles. And gives these great characteristics of eagles to those who remain faithful to God and look forward to their heavenly rewards. Isaiah here is communicating to the people of Israel and today to us that God will provide renewed strength and courage to overcome obstacles. If only Israel would have had patience and trusted in the Lord's sovereign timing. And just a little point to finish. Waiting on God is good for us. If God acted immediately every time we cried out to him, he would not be in control, we would be. We would call the shots and we do not possess the wisdom to have that kind of authority or ability. But having to wait causes us to learn to trust him and to trust in his timings. And to quote as Nathan did earlier, our first minister Nicola Sturgeon, we've still got some difficult winter weeks ahead, but the light at the end of the tunnel just got a lot brighter. Let's stick with it now. Summer will bring better times. And just to balance the political scale, to quote Matt Hancock, brilliant to end 2020 with such a moment of hope we are going to hear we have heard and we will hear a lot of phrases like there's light at the end of the tunnel and there's hope with a vaccine and the reality for us is, is that our lives are going to be dominated by this virus again in 2021 and don't get me wrong the, vi uh, the vaccine is marvellous news 
And yes, in there there is hope that life will return to some form of normality. But that is the extent of the hope that comes with a vaccine. Why? Because your devotion to God is not determined by a vaccine. Your time spent in the word of God is not determined by a vaccine. Your waiting, your trusting, your patience with God is not determined by a vaccine. And your joy and your hope and your peace is not determined by a vaccine. Why? Because the light and the hope of 2021 is not a vaccine, but the light and the hope of 2021 is Jesus Christ. Friends, let us pray earnestly for the leaders of our country in the weeks and the months ahead, whether we agree with them or not, whether we love them or despise them, because we are called to do so. Would we pray for them that they would come to realise that although there is this great vaccine, that there is hope of a future that is greater than that, and that is Jesus. Would we be bold in praying for our leaders? In the words of John MacArthur, if I and you are to grow, to mature and to finally be transformed, we must feed on the word. Would 2021, friends, be the year that we live in the Word daily? Our minds being renewed, our lives being transformed. Like the Apostle Peter says, like newborn babes, long for pure milk of the Word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Friends, would 2021 be a year that we each grow in Him? There are no shortcuts to knowing God. There's no shortcuts to knowing the renewing of his strength. And I find that the longer, the more intensely and the more devoted I look into the glory of Jesus through the pages of scripture, the more the spirit of God changes my life into the image of Christ. So as we pull all of this together, friends, wait on the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Hope in the Lord, because he is sufficient for everything that you need in this year and every year ahead. And would 2021 be the year that we know God more intimately than ever before? God, day by day, would I trust less than myself and more in you? Day by day, would my patience grow? Would my waiting on you grow? Day by day, with the hope that is within me, burst forth. Burst forth to my neighbours, to my community, to those around me. God, in a year that is so different, in a year that starts with our church building empty yet again, God, would we know the hope that is found only in you? Would we know the marvellous and the splendid work of Christ that in his weakest moment, even in his weakest moment, he was still victorious. God, you are so, so good. God, in those moments when we struggle to see your goodness, we struggle to find your leading, God, would we trust? Would we trust with every ounce of our being that you are good, that you have a plan and that you can be trusted. 
In your name we pray. Amen.